This is the second half of our Bruce Springsteen roundtable. We continue to have Allie, Madison, Mitch, and John. We talk a few more topics that aren't quite as serious as the laws in North Carolina and him canceling the show. Hope you enjoy the second half of our conversation. Um, We've talked a while, and I won't keep us too long, but I did want to, while I had people who are really strong fans i'm gonna go around the table on a couple of topics and we'll we'll keep it fairly quick but do you want to have it do you have, i am i'm amazed at the negativity of the people who are saying oh i can't believe he's doing he's not doing the signs or he's doing badlands again i mean couldn't he kind of throw spice it up a little bit in the second set you know he's kind of gotten to you know roughly 10 or 12 songs that he just kind of rotates so Allie I know I'm going to start with you and you may say here it, it comes here it comes again <laughs> like Mitch touched on earlier this tour you know John Landau said to him why don't we do a couple of shows to um promote you know the box set and Bruce you know said well, if we're going to rehearse for a couple of shows, we might as well do 20 shows. And that's how this whole started. At the time, before tickets were, tickets were announced, but, you know, and then um, he made the announcement that he would be playing the river in its entirety before one night tickets went on sale, before any tickets went on sale. And people were having... You know, I don't even know the right word, you know, fits, you know, temper tantrums. How dare he? How dare he? And I said to you, Jesse, matter of fact, that, you know, there was no bait and switch done. There was no, he told you this beforehand. You have a choice whether to go or not. The other thing, with the exception of New York, MSG, at the time, California, with the only two nights, there was not going to be two nights in any city, okay? So he was bringing this show to a city for, a, you know, for people to see. It's your choice if you want to go more than one night, okay? And you want to travel like Mitch and myself, you know, whether we're obsessed or we're just, you know, so into him, I'm not sure, but do. Saying that, it's the same with the encores. They're put together a show. It's a show. It's the same like if you went to a Broadway show, you know, or um, a, like Billy Joel, you know, or some people who have, um, you know, a monthly gig somewhere. It is a show that is put together. It is well thought out, you know, maybe because of the the, um, the amount of material and what it takes of this band to perform the river in its entirety every night. They didn't want to go into certain other songs. We don't know. But it's thought out. It's a beautiful show. And if you don't like what he's doing every night, don't go. Don't go. There'll be tickets for the rest of us. That's all I have to say. I totally agree, Allie. And I'm going to go to Mitch. But, you know, I also think it's interesting. Most of the people I see complaining are the ones that are on Twitter, you know, or, or, you know, Facebook complaining because – they're not getting their uh, on Periscope. They're not getting a different song. Mitch, what do you think? 
Well, Allie clearly is my blood brother, blood sister. <laughs> yes, it is. There's just no denying that. And, and every, everything she said, I agree 100% with. And I guess what I, what I would add is, um, is, A, yeah, that's exactly, the tour has been exactly what I expected. It's exactly what they said it would be. Um, and, um, you know, the fact that there haven't been the multiple nights is, 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 is a reason for that. And you know you're going to see, like you're going to go see Hamilton. This is what you're going to get every night. Now, this, again, isn't anything new. For those of us that, you know, that went to the shows in the Human Touch Lucky Town tour, I knew it wasn't the E Street Band. It bothered me. I'm an E Street Band fan. But I went and I appreciated the shows. I appreciated what I got. When I went on the Tom Joad tour and Bruce was dropping the F-bomb every five minutes and going through whatever he was going through then. I knew what I, knew what I was going to get. The Devils and Dust tour, I happened to thought think was just incredible and one of my favorites. The Seeger Sessions, probably some of my favorite shows ever. I can't tell you how many people hated that. The only thing I'll add, and this is you know inside baseball, is that for a couple of days before they rehearsed, Stephen got the band together, and they did rehearse the outtakes. And I have heard that there's some great versions out there um, that they really could play the man that got away and they could play uh, um, party lights and, and, um, and, you know, one or two others. So my only personal disappointment and I got roulette and I got a couple other songs on the tour, which are great that I've seen many, many times, but my little personal disappointment would be that I haven't seen some more of the outtakes I am hearing UK and Europe will probably benefit a little bit more from getting a little bit more rehearsal time. But outside of that, everybody that complains, just like Ali said, don't go. Really, don't go. Yeah. You know, I, I when, would. When in a tour are you getting, you know, back to back? I mean, this was, of course, you know, at the garden, but, you know, where are you getting? Meeting across the river, into Jungle Land, into Thunder Road, into Rosalita. I mean, come on. Yeah. And I mean, I'm right there with you. I've loved every single second of the 10 shows I've seen. And the next three, I will feel the same exact way about. I know what's coming. But my God, how many years, Allie, did we sit there praying for um, the price you pay? I, oh, my God. Oh you know, my God. been on having seen that river tour and loving the price you pay and being fortunate and then waiting 30 whatever years to hear it again. My God, I could see it every night of the week. Every night. That's, just... so that's my favorite song. <laughs> so Madison, um, this was your first show. Your I heard the Easter bunny brought you Columbus tickets. So I'm yes. Happy. Um, so I think you're a perfect example I'm sure there's songs you wanted to hear, but you loved the show, right? I did. Yes. The only song that he didn't play, like, I just want him to sing My Love Will Not Let You Down. That's the only song I wanted to hear him sing live. But with all this, I just want to say that Price You Pay, I absolutely love that song. Anyway, this okay. is what I have to say. First Good. of all, yes. I think the people who are angry about Bruce not playing the songs they want to here need to take a step back and look at the tour posters who is on those posters bruce springsteen and the east street band so 
if those are the people who are performing, don't you think that they should be able to pick what songs they want to sing and don't want to <laughs> sing? Like, <laughs> it makes me so angry. And the people who get angry, oh, you're, we heard this song, we want a different song. The people who get angry like that are the people who don't, I feel, who don't truly know every single song and understand the lyrics of every single song. Because I, I'm not going to stay here and say, oh, I know every single song Bruce has ever made, but I'm trying to. And the songs that I do listen to, I listen to the words and I dissect the lyrics and I love those songs. And I could give two poops what song he plays. That's Bruce Springsteen standing in front of me. And this is the song he wants to sing. Thank you, Jesus. I'm able to stand here right now. John, how about you? Thank you, Madison. Perfectly yeah. said. Well, Jesse, here's something that I've learned from listening to the Set Lusting Bruce podcast. There are a lot of first-time concert goers at these 2016 shows. And I learned that because you did like the pre-show interviews uh, before Pittsburgh and before Louisville. And, you know, kind of your question is say, well, how many shows have you been to? And so many people said, well, this is my first time. That's and when point. I went to the show here in Phoenix um, back on March 10th, uh, I sold a ticket to a 53-year-old uh, gentleman who it was his first time. He loved he loved rock music, and he said, "I've never, I've never seen Bruce. I can now check this off my bucket list." And so, because you have so many first-time concert goers um, at these shows, if you're going to play all 20 songs from the river, you probably need to balance that off with the hits. Um, and so, I, I, I think, I think Bruce knows how to put together shows, and I think he's done a good job uh, putting together these lineups. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, so, and I guess I, I want to, two other topics, and then we'll call it a day because we have been talking a while, uh, uh, but this has been so much fun. Um, and it's just not the internet. I mean, it is the internet. It's the nature of the internet of how rude people feel they can be because they're you know, not face-to-face. -face. But I am amazed at when... I've periscoped a couple of songs or I've, I've watched, you know, groups and, and Facebook, you know, groups and discussions of, oh, I hate that song, Drive Two Nights Too Long. And so I just wanted to kind of get you guys a quick comment on, there are songs that Bruce does that are not, I'm not as big a fan of as others. And, but I think that's, that's okay because everyone loves some kind of songs, I guess, except New Jersey Devil, and we can all agree that's a bad song. <laughs> Just kidding. For those of you who love New Jersey Devil, that was a cheap joke. But, you know, I don't say that X song I don't enjoy because I go, you know what? No one's asked my opinion. Um, you know, now that when Bruce Springsteen sings The Alphabet, my sister podcast – you know, they're rating the songs. And so then they will say on a scale one to five, this would be a two. But they say, given that said, it's a Bruce Springsteen song. If we were rating this against all other songs, it would be higher. But against his own measurement, they may go. So um, I'm going to start backwards. John, what do you think? Is this just the nature of the Internet or is it a sign of the passion? And are they I don't want to judge, but are they just being a little picky on these fans? Yeah, 
Jesse, I, we all have our own tastes. So if you look at the, the spectrum of, of all types of music, you know, we're, there, there's, there's all kinds of opinions out there. And then when you just focus on the Bruce Springsteen catalog, and, and keep in mind, over 40 plus years, it's, it's pretty in-depth. Um, there's, there's definitely songs that, that I like and that are my favorites that someone may not like. And um, con conversely, there's songs. That, here's a good example. I've heard people talk about how they really love Cover Me. That's probably one of my least favorite songs, but I know there's a lot of people that like it. So I think to a certain degree, you just kind of need to keep your personal opinions to yourself because we're all different. Well said. Madison? Uh, you know, being, being surrounded by social media, there's so many people who just feel the need to hate on people for absolutely no reason at all. And it's because they can hide behind a computer screen and nobody knows who they are. But when it comes to these people who are disappointed when Bruce doesn't play the songs they want to hear, or, oh, they played this song and I don't really like that song, it truly is just their opinion. They don't have to post that everywhere. They should just be grateful that they are seeing a concert when they're hearing these songs. But I definitely believe that these people should just keep their opinions to themselves. So, Mitch, how about you? Yeah, it's the same old song, right? You know, I mean, it really, this is the, 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 you know, the same story that's been going on for years. And I, the way I kind of look at it is I think, as, as uh, John sort of said, it's a different fan in that audience every night. And, and I take Bruce's view that, you know, this is somebody's first show. And he definitely appreciates those of, you know, those of us that have seen, uh, you know, all the shows so many times. But at the end of the day, he really cares about Madison, who might be her first time. And, and you know, he wants to make sure that they get a great mix in every single performance, whether it's a river tour or whether it was uh, the rising tour. Um, I mean, we're all going to have our favorites. I mean, I've been so fortunate over, you know, since 1977 to see pretty much every song I've ever wanted to see. I haven't seen The Fever enough times. I mean, I could complain. It's one of my personal favorite songs. Right. I was fortunate to see Blood Brothers the two times that it's only been played. So, you know, I consider myself lucky, but I, I understand the, the stress that goes on night after night and people... You know, they really want to hear this. They really want to hear that. But as John said, this is this is this is a huge catalog you're talking yes. about. This is not yeah. anything brand new. And See, I like, think just ahead, appreciate that you're getting 35 songs a night. And quite frankly, you're getting 22 of the best of them right now, every single show. And, you know, I personally have said, me and my friend Sam that we would be okay him doing a concert of nothing but Tunnel of Love forward songs. Now, we realize there would be many classics that we wouldn't get, but to get that diversity of songs would be a great show. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so I think you said, hey, Rody, um, how about you? Yep, sorry. That's okay. I'm too the male's here. Well, there goes. All right, Brody. Brody. Sorry. <laughs> Allie, how about you? 
Well, I agree with Mitch on one thing. Well, I actually agree with Mitch on many, many things. Yes, you guys do. We really do. And it's funny because he said this earlier. He is my blood brother because um, that happens to be one of my, you know, top five songs. And sadly, Mitch, I did see it both times <laughs> live. Yeah. And um, I don't Oh, did you say you saw it both times? I saw it both times. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh, Yay. Okay, so Mitch won't get mad at me now. No, no, no. Um, I was Shea Stadium. And the Garden. The Garden. I was there. Uh, I should have figured that. I sit next to Bill Walton, and I just kept asking him, just don't stand in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great line. That's funny. But you know what? Listen, as John mentioned, as Mitch mentioned, the catalog is, 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 you know, so immense at this point in his career. And... For this tour especially, you know, I just reiterate, this was the River Tour. This was, you know, what he chose. I agree with Mitch that, you know, some of the um, outtakes should be performed. As for the people complaining, people will always complain. People will always complain. And whether that makes them less of a fan, less of this, it's just the nature of the beast. You know, no one is going to be 100% satisfied. I walk away from any Bruce show, and even if he did sing the alphabet, feeling so alive because of no matter what he puts out there for you, night after night, the emotion, the feeling... The intensity, the joy, you know, the joyfulness, you know, there's a million words I can describe is there. It is a true, true labor of love for all of the, for the band and for Bruce. And that's what resonates with me. You that's know, what I take away from it. Um, you know, I think it was either, it was either Allie or Mitch, but, uh, you know, with except for the outtakes, you know, from the box set. He has delivered exactly what he said he was going to do. I'm going to do the river, and then I'm going to do a collection of our quote unquote, you know, concert standards, you know, for the crowd. And that's what he's done. Um, would I have loved to hear American Land like Mitch did that was in Los Angeles? Absolutely. I've only heard American Land once or twice, and it's one of my favorite songs. Do Do I want to hear Land of Hope and Dreams because? You know, that's one of my favorite songs. Of course I do. But, you know, I, I am loving this. And um, and I'm going to go to our last topic and then we'll wrap it up. Um, so I was in the Dallas show and it was the best show I've ever seen Dallas um, give. And, you know, Bruce complimented him. Uh, I have seen him on the Rising Tour I saw him on Magic. Um, I saw him at the um, Devils and Dust tour, and uh, I saw him at the reunion, uh, the the outdoor NCA tournament, which was absolutely amazing show. I I'm gonna put it aside though because it was a different kind of show, but there in the American Airlines Center, it was rocking, and there were people around me that had never seen Bruce, and they were excited. One lady, the very next to me, said, the last time I saw him was 1980. And I said, oh, really? She goes, yeah, it was the river tour. I said, do you know he's doing the river tonight? She goes, no, my husband and I were just traveling, and we saw that he was playing, and we got tickets. Um, So 
gray crowd. However, there was um, they, you know, Bruce ended up bringing up this supposedly family, and I, I say that because I don't know them, but I talked to the parents afterwards that it's oh, this one extended family. These young girls, they were all dressed like in Bruce gear. They had you know 1984 shirts and bandanas, and they did look cheerleaders, and there was this vile outpouring of people because at one point there were 20 or 30 people you couldn't see Bruce he was so covered and it took him a while to get off stage and I do find that the people who get on stage for dancing in the dark it takes them a while to get off and I think that's because they're lost in their moment so my thought is nothing happens on that stage that Bruce doesn't want to happen and if he didn't want to have all those girls come up it wouldn't have happened so uh, I'll go around. We're going to start with um, John again, and we'll go around the table. Do you – I'm going to ask the question. Do you, I don't think anyone deserves to get on stage during Dancing in the Dark. So do you have any opinions about not necessarily this, but all of this lately that, you know, it's become a thing of, you know, of the different people getting on stage doing Dancing in the Dark? Any thoughts, John? Uh, you know, um, I, I've always thought that it's great that you have the the fans come on stage in in different uh, you know different parts of the shows. And, and Jesse, you and I talked about that. We were both at that Houston uh, 2014 show when the Flores brothers got on and for truly no one of my best moments of seeing Bruce live. Yeah, and and that was that was a great moment. And I and I heard so many positive feedback that said that was that, you know, a lot of fans were saying I was kind of getting tired of No Surrender and it really brought new life to it. Now, with regards to um, the the cowgirls in Dancing in the Dark uh, at Dallas, I just read, uh, I think it, it was Steven Strauss that did the review on Backstreets.com. And I, for me, that seemed a little different. And it, it, that seemed like maybe Bruce did make a mistake they're bringing all those girls on stage because according to the uh, Steven Strauss report it was kind of like those girls showed up at the concert with the sole objection or the sole goal to get on the stage they probably weren't Bruce fans um, now they did bring a lot of energy to the show but is it just and, and, I, and I'm looking forward to hearing Madison's comment because I don't know if this is a reflection of kind of the, the selfie era where it's really not about being in the moment. It's more about, hey, what, what did I do? And so I'm, I'd like other people's comments on it. Well, I think that's perfect. Madison? Oh, I'm about to rant. And I'm defend sorry, you your, guys. Defend <laughs> your generation. No, no I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not defending my generation on this. I, when I first saw this, I saw Allie tweet about it. She's like, oh, I'm glad like these aren't no believers here or whatever. Yeah, and I was like, you know, that's cool. I was like, oh, the like, I thought Bruce had invited like a dance team up because you know they look like a dance team to me. And then I read this article about it. And I was like, whoa, wait, what just happened? And I read the article. I was like, oh, and they described these girls as a horde of teenage zombies, and that made me laugh. But then I watched the video, and Bruce didn't go and say, "Oh, like, hey, come on up, guys." They just went on stage, and he was, and he was like, "Ah, oh, you know, like, get off, like, this isn't like." Stop. but they just kept coming and then the security was trying to bring them down i was like wait a second all i have to say is that is not like like 
I don't feel like anybody deserves to go on stage, but that's part of the greatness of Bruce's concert. He goes and he picks somebody off stage. But those girls, they didn't allow him the time to go and say, oh, like, yeah, all of you guys come up on stage. And then when they did come up on stage, they totally blocked him. Like, I'm looking at a picture right now, and you cannot even see him. And through the whole concert, this article talks about how the people who were in the pit, that these girls pushed their way all the way up to the stage. And that's something that makes me mad, because when I was at the Cleveland show, I was up front, and I was holding up my sign, and this woman, probably like 30 years old, she comes down, and she starts ripping apart my sign. She literally starts tearing it in half. And I turned around and looked at her, and I said, excuse me, you do not want to mess with me. This is my dream, and this is going to happen. So... I kind of just, like, stood my ground and tried to stand up as tall as I possibly could. Four foot ten doesn't really help. But it kind of bugged me. I'm like, this is Bruce's concert. And not once have I ever met a Bruce fan who was so, like, determined on, oh, I have to touch Bruce's hand. Most people are just there to see him. And it's amazing. It's like being in one big family. And that's why I'm so happy I met you guys. Because nobody else in my life I can sit and talk about Bruce. And I have you guys. And you guys are one of... You guys are the most amazing people that I've ever met. So, but with these girls, I just feel like it would have been better if Bruce would have been like, okay, you guys come up on stage. And like you guys said, he didn't try to get them off stage, but I just felt it was rude and it kind of took away from the other audience because there could have been somebody who that was their first time in the pit and they weren't even able to see because those girls were freaking out, but... I just felt like if I was there, I would be rolling my eyes. I'd be like, oh, my God, are you kidding me right now? But, yes, I was happy for those girls. But And another thing that bothered me was I bet Dancing in the Dark was the only song they knew, which doesn't bug me. It's, that's the only song you knew. Good for you. I'm glad you're here. But the fact that I sit and I plan and I work so hard and so many other people do to go and enjoy a concert like this just to have these girls bumping and pushing and trying to take away from my experience, I feel. Very interesting. Okay. Mitch? Oh, boy. It's all <laughs> right. It's a safe zone. Okay. So we'll, uh, I'll start with this. First of all, I'm very glad I wasn't in the pit that night. Let's, let's, <laughs> yeah. We'll just start with that, and I know Allie agrees. Okay. I have – listen, I, I go back a long way. I remember – my first show in 1977, you know, at the Capitol Center outside D.C., and um, the third song of the night was Spirit in the Night, and Bruce came into the crowd. You know, and these were chairs then. There were no pit. And, you know, he was, and, you know, he was, he was hanging with us and giving us the mic to sing and crowd surfing. That was immediately my first show experiencing something like that. And we've gone kind of full circle, and I think what happened in Dallas is sort of the, the dark side of the force um, I, I, and again, I have no problem, you know, it, during the sign tour with people with their signs being respectful at different parts of the show. Um, but you know, what I watched and what was reported to me was, you know, it was planned to take, you know, a couple of those girls up there. Um, and like things have happened before, apparently in Dallas, um, things got out of hand. I don't blame the little girls. I blame their mothers, um, to be honest with you. 
Um, I and I and listen, I am not a prude. I could care really care less. But you know, I've raised a, a daughter. She's twenty, you know, uh, twenty years old, and. The girl, the outfits that some of those 11, 12 year old girls were wearing, I'm, I'm a little, little yeah. about. It was a little too, too. It's a little too John Benet Ramsey meets, um, uh, you know, a Dancing with the Stars, Kardashian or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was just out of control, and that to me was annoying. Watching the video, which I'm so glad someone took a great perspective of from behind the stage. Um, and then when my friend Rich Russo tweeted the picture, that's the first yes. I saw of it. I, I was just absolutely blown away how they, they, they did that. I don't think you'll ever see that happen again. I know Bruce's security. They had to have been flipping out. That went <laughs> way, way beyond what it was supposed to be. And, um, again, I, I was at Penn state at the last show and half a sorority went up on stage um, but it was, but the girls were very respectful. They actually were, were back. They weren't in front of Bruce. Most of their dads were hanging with them. Um, it was, a, it was kind of a fun thing, but, uh, that was too much. And that, you know, had I been in the, the crowd in Dallas, I would not have been happy with the way that was handled. And I am pretty certain that the, the Springsteen people were not happy with the way that went. And I'm anxious uh, the next time I have a chance to talk to Stephen, um, Allie may have that tonight. We won't get into that. But um, when I see him in Baltimore in a few weeks, I really want to get his, uh, his, his thoughts on that. Um, way too much, you know. And again, yeah, and it's, not, it's not about you. It's about the performance for everyone in that crowd. Exactly. In every single crowd, there's the, you know, somebody who's making it about them. And I, I love seeing sure. the, you know, someone like Madison a few rows behind me with a little sign. And, and what I do every single night of the tour when I've been in the pit is I've grabbed someone and I've brought them right closer to the stage so they get their chance. Because that's great. Yeah. I think it's terrific. And um, the same with the little kids singing Waiting on a Sunny Day. And um, I wish my daughter was picked. You she and me both. And, you know, I had a lot of friends' kids who were, so... Um, yeah, uh, I think that's, I think that's really interesting. And I will be curious if either one of you talk to little Steven and get a feeling, um, Allie say the best for last. Oh, really? <laughs> so I am going to start up by saying, I agree with everything everyone said. I really do. Now I'm going to say a couple of just maybe a little bit opposite, just for some dot, you know, just for the conversation here, sure, sure. but my thoughts, one, I was watching the scope that night, and the scope I was watching was like in the friends and family East Street Lounge section, like the 101, 102s, right on the side of Patty, you know, or Gary, side of the stage. So it was a pretty interesting perspective. And it appeared that one of these girls early in the song tried to run up, and Stephen had to brush her off. And it was interesting because I commented to someone, not on the chat in the scope, because that's just another pet peeve I have with this whole chatting on the scope. I hide it. Oh, and and then, by the way, saying, I hate this song. Okay, someone's scoping, just shut the hell up. (laughs) I I hide the chat, but I was, um, you know, I was iMessaging with a friend of mine who was also watching it. And I said, did you see that? And they said, I sure did. I said, was that a cheerleader? Like, I was very confused, you know, because of the outfit. I was like, was that a cheerleader? So then 
along with Madison, which she said, when they first started to come up, I said, oh, I think this is planned. I saw the one girl go up too early, you know, to myself, the one girl up early, Stephen brushed her. Now it looks like it's a dance troupe. And at first, as a mom of a beautiful 17-year-old girl, I was like, oh, how cute, you know? And also as a mom, you know, I feel a lot of people, as, as much as this got out of hand and as much as it was a little bit ridiculous, you know, a lot of people that complain, if it was their kid up there, they'd have nothing to say about it. And that is as a mom, I'm saying that. Now, would I put my daughter in a gypsy outfit <laughs> or whatever that is at, at, at eight years old or 12 years old and allow them to walk around with that makeup and everything? No. Okay? No. My daughter is seven. She'll be 18 next month, and she still cannot go out of the house like that. So, you know, that's where my, you know, as, you know, as a mom, my whole thing was who lets their kids dress like that? Who lets their kids, you know, behave like that? And part of the behaving is from what I heard the stories of how they were in the pit and this. And I thought, wow, what great parenting, you know, being facetious. What great parenting. Because it could have been a very cute, fun moment. But the parents allowed the children to behave in such a way because they were not leading by example. It's the same thing when you go to a restaurant and a parent doesn't take a crying kid out. It's the parents. But again, it could have been cute. I think it was planned in some way because like Mitch and everyone said, Bruce does not just allow anything to happen on his stage. Right. And I also have to input I have not done, I have been to a hundred, or I can't even say a hundred since then, but I have not done the, not a hundred, but you know, whatever, since then, but I have not done the pit for my own personal and, you know, you know, my health reasons since the birthday show on um, September 22nd, 23rd, 2012. And I sit behind the stage, as you know, as Mitch, you know, as most of you know, in my little perch, as I call it, and I enjoy myself. Have I ever thought in all the years and 30 plus years, oh, I would love to be on stage? Absolutely. Who wouldn't? You know, who wouldn't? But am I'm not going to disrupt a good time by myself or by anyone else to get that goal. You, yeah. you know what I mean? That is not my goal when I go to a Bruce show, even if I was in the pit. It's not my goal. It's not what I would ever plan you know, to do. It's wrong. Just enjoy the moment, people. Live. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know how I feel tonight If I've fallen neath a wheel I've lost or I've gained sight I don't even know why I don't know why I made this call if any of this matters anymore after all But the stars are burning bright Like some mystery uncovered I'll keep moving through the dark Within my heart, my blood It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.